Thank you for listening to messages from Avondale Baptist Church and Pastor Jack Marslinder. This message is from the series Jesus in the Gospel of Luke and was preached on November 6, 2022. We've been studying the Gospel of Luke for the last year or so. And I hope you've noticed that in the Gospel of Luke, Jesus answers all of life's big questions. Is there a God? Where did I come from? Why am I here? How should I live? Is there life after death? I mean, Jesus answered all the big questions for us. We've seen these answers as we've studied. If you want to know the answers to the big questions of life, then you look to Jesus. But something occurred to me as I read the passage this week that Jesus also answered the little questions of life. You know, the things that we like to argue and debate about. For example, when you make a turkey sandwich, when you make a turkey sandwich, do you put on it mayonnaise or Miracle Whip? How many of you say mayo? How many of you say Miracle Whip? Okay, listen, you're both wrong. According to Jesus, the answer is mustard. (laughs) Mustard is the only condiment in the Bible. We find it in today's passage. Mustard, if you want to know, is the condiment of the kingdom. And I wanted you to know that. But I will say this, that is not the way to interpret the Bible. We are to study the Bible in such a way that we understand what is meant and what is not meant. And in today's passage, Jesus is teaching us about the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of Jesus. And he uses three very common things that we can all relate to to help us understand them. He talks about mustard seed, and he talks about yeast, and he talks about a narrow door. The focus, though, is the kingdom of God. And I want to remind you of of some truths here. You and I are citizens of two different kingdoms. We're citizens of the United States of America. We're also, if we put our faith and trust in Jesus, citizens of God's kingdom. And it is God's kingdom that is most important. In that kingdom, ultimately, and I'm thankful for this, there will be no elections. There will be no discontent. There will be no issues to be solved. There will be no lies. There will be no wars. There will be no problems. And though we've not yet reaped all of the benefits of that kingdom, we're already citizens of God's kingdom if we put our faith and trust and we're following Jesus. And so today we're going to hear Jesus describe his kingdom. And using very simple, everyday word pictures, because he really wants us to understand. He didn't speak in in riddles. He spoke in a way that people can understand. And so we're going to look at our passage, Luke 13, verses 18 through 35, as Jesus talks about his kingdom. Let's all stand together as we read Luke 13, beginning with verse 18. And this is what Jesus said. Then Jesus asked, what is the kingdom of God like? What shall I compare it to? It is like a mustard seed which a man took and planted in his garden. It grew and became a tree, and the birds perched in its branches. Again he asked, What shall I compare the kingdom of God to? It is like yeast that a woman took and mixed into about 60 pounds of flour until it worked all through the dough. 
Then Jesus went through the towns and villages teaching as he made his way to Jerusalem. Someone asked him, Lord, are only a few people going to be saved? And he said to them, make every effort to enter through the narrow door. Because many, I tell you, will try to enter and will not be able to. Once the owner of the house gets up and closes the door, you will stand outside knocking and pleading, Sir, open the door for us. But he will answer, I don't know you or where you come from. Then he will say, We ate and drank with you and you taught in our streets. But he will reply, I don't know you or where you come from. Away from me, all you evildoers. And there will be weeping there and gnashing of teeth. When you see Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and all the prophets in the kingdom of God, but you yourselves thrown out. People will come from east and west and north and south and will take their places at the feast in the kingdom of God. Indeed, there are those who are last who will be first and first who will be last. At that time, some Pharisees came to Jesus and said to him, Leave this place and go somewhere else. Herod wants to kill you. And he replied, go tell that fox, I will keep on driving out demons and healing people today and tomorrow, and on the third day, I will reach my goal. In any case, I must press on today and tomorrow and the next day, for surely no prophet can die outside Jerusalem. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who kill the prophets and stone those sent to you, how often I have longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings and you were not willing. Look, your house is left to you desolate. I tell you, you will not see me again until you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Now you may be seated, and I really want you to think about what Jesus talked about and make sure that we understand what he's talking about when he talks about his kingdom. I am a citizen of that kingdom but only because of the grace of God. And I want you to be a citizen of that kingdom as well. So let's make sure we understand what Jesus said. This is what his kingdom is like. And the first thing he told us using mustard seed is the kingdom will grow. According to French's Mustard Company, mustard seeds are so small that it takes 10,000 of them to make one table-sized jar of mustard. But he says, like one of those very, very small seeds, the kingdom will grow rapidly, like from a seed in a season to a small bush, to a large bush or a small tree. So understand what Jesus was teaching. He was telling the crowd, look, you look at me and you see only a rabbi with a few disciples and a few women who are traveling together and, and teaching, but watch us, pay attention, we will grow. And Jesus was right. By the time that first generation of disciples died, the kingdom had expanded with strong churches in almost every known nation in the Roman Empire and beyond. And today, 2.2 billion people claim the name of Christ. Though we live in a time of spiritual decline, I don't worry about the church's future. The Bible is very clear that the church will exist right up to the end. The kingdom of God will grow because we have this explosive force, the Holy Spirit within us. 
And what I'm praying for and what I hope you're praying for is another round of rapid expansion that will overcome the current apathy in our own country. God has done that many, many times throughout history, and I pray that we will see again a mustard seed grow into a large tree as millions of people return to faith in Jesus. The kingdom, Jesus said, you don't need to worry about its future. The kingdom will grow. Secondly, using the, the word picture of yeast, he teaches that the kingdom will transform. The first is that the kingdom will grow outwardly. The second is that the kingdom will grow inwardly and transform us. And he uses a picture of yeast. A woman uses a small amount of yeast in a large amount of flour. She needs the dough and the yeast is mixed throughout all the dough. And that's what happens to individual believers. God needs us. He pushes and he folds and he teaches and he changes. He uses parents and he uses teachers and he uses preachers and he uses experiences and he uses good times and tough times until God's kingdom and the teaching of Jesus permeates every single part of us. So what God does in your life and in mine, if we really are believers, is that God transforms every aspect of our life. Our morality improves. Our tongue is cleaned up. Our integrity grows. Our honesty becomes absolute. Our attitude changes. Our family life, our financial life, our business life, our heart, our minds, our dreams, our work, all is transformed until others can see Jesus in us. We're the dough. Jesus is the yeast. And he changes us, transforms us. So here's a question for you. Have you seen that change in your life? Have you seen God change you, improve you, make you more like Jesus? Because that's what happens in the kingdom. It will grow outwardly, numerically, with millions of people coming to faith in Jesus, and it will transform us inwardly. Now, the third thing is a little different, and maybe a little different than what you have been told and what you often hear but Jesus said the kingdom requires effort. Someone asked, Lord, are only a few people going to be saved? Jesus didn't answer that question numerically. He answered it personally. He said, you worry about you. You make every effort to make sure that you are part of the kingdom. It's like a man trying to enter a narrow door. It takes effort. You make sure that you are in the kingdom. This picture is the entryway to the narrow door cafe in Taiwan. There's, there's no real door. It's just an entryway. It's a 15-inch gap. Some of us would have a hard time going in. It's a 15-inch gap between stores. And it's not just that it's a 15-inch gap. Once you're in, you have to, and, and I'm not sure this is a verb, but I use it, you have to kind of skinny your way for 50 feet before you get to the end of that entryway. And then there's a turn, and it widens out to 24 inches, and you go up stairs. 
And you just hope that during that 50 feet and then the stairway that nobody is coming against you because then you got to back out. It's not easy to get into that cafe. But all the guides say once you're in, they have great food and great tea. And there's two different dining rooms upstairs. I love what their webpage said. Our food is excellent, but don't eat too much or you'll never get out. <laughs> but understand what Jesus is saying about the kingdom. It takes effort. He said, you make every effort to make sure that you are part of the kingdom because not everyone who assumes they're in is in. And Jesus said, some of you are going to come to me and say, but Jesus, we ate and drank with you, and we came out and we listened to you preach in the streets. And Jesus said, away from me. Away from me. I never knew you. Today, people will say, but Jesus, we went to class and we sat in church and we listened to your preachers. And Jesus will say to some, away from me. Your backside sat in a pew but you never gave me your heart. Did you ever admit and repent of your own sins? Did you actually live as if I were your Lord and not just sing it and say it? Make every effort, Jesus said. Yes, I know. Let's make sure our doctrine is right. Salvation comes by faith. It's a gift of God. We don't earn it. But if that faith isn't followed up with real commitment and work and transformation, then you probably ought to worry about yourself. Because Jesus said, make every effort to make sure you are part of God's kingdom. The kingdom will grow, it will transform, but it does require effort. And sometimes we misuse in our desire to evangelize. And we tell people, just repeat this prayer. Jesus never taught anything like that. It's not just a repetition of a prayer. Believe in me and then follow me as Lord. Jesus will help us with that. He will bring about the transformation in our life. But if you just walk down the aisle and say a prayer and nothing ever changes, you need to worry about yourself. Make every effort, Jesus said, to make sure that you are part of the kingdom. The fourth thing Jesus said is that entrance into the kingdom is time limited. Once the owner of the house gets up and closes the door, you will stand outside knocking and pleading. Sir, open the door for us. But it will be too late. None of us know when Jesus will return. None of us know when we will die. None of us know when is the last time that I will hear the gospel of Jesus preached and be given an invitation to follow him. We don't know those things. And one of the biggest lies that the devil gives us is you have time. You have plenty of time. What Jesus is teaching is this. When you know in your heart that God is inviting you to enter his kingdom by putting your faith and trust in Jesus, accept the invitation now. Because your time is limited. And none of us know. None of us know. None of us know when that time will come. Listen, if you can't tell the future, 
Now, if any of you can, come talk to me. But I don't think any of you will be talking to me about that. If you can't tell the future, then the wise thing to do is to do those things which are most important first. And there's nothing more important than putting your faith and trust in Jesus and making him the Lord of your life. We think we have time. One of the challenges of being a pastor is that I go to a lot of funerals. Had one yesterday, one of our members, Vera Conkey. Had one this afternoon, one of our members, Eddie Rose. Had one next Saturday, one of our members, Carmela Botita. But the most challenging part is over the last four years, I have done the funerals of four of our teenage basketball players, most of whom were killed in a very violent fashion. 19, 16, 18, and 21. They'd heard me talk about this. They'd heard me share the gospel. And we all assume we have lots of time. But we don't know that. So Jesus said, listen, entrance into my kingdom is time limited. If you know God is calling you and speaking to your heart, then now is the time to respond. And the fifth thing Jesus said about his kingdom is that it won't be as expected. See, here's what the Jews believed, and you could tell from their questions. The Jews believed, Jews are in, Gentiles are out. But Jesus said to the Jews, you will see Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and all the prophets in the kingdom of God, but you yourselves, Jews in the street listening to me, thrown out. People will come from east and west and north and south and will take their place at the feast in the kingdom of God. Indeed, there are those who are last who will be first and first who will be last. You see, the crowd was making a false assumption. We're Jews. We're in. Many people make that same false assumption today. We're Americans. We are citizens of a Christian nation my mama was a believer. My daddy was a believer. My grandparents brought me to church. I'm in. Don't assume at all. Jesus taught the Jews that heaven is not Jewish. And I'm adding to that today that heaven is not American. Nor is it primarily made up of English-speaking people. People from all nations. The East, he said. The West, he said. The North, he said the South will be in the kingdom. Every language and every skin color and every ethnicity will be represented. And to those of you who are proud, who are just assuming you're in, Jesus said the last will be first and the first will be last. So don't just assume. Don't just assume. I was challenged on this by a very godly Sunday school teacher when I was like nine years old. She asked us the question, and I, I was in her class. Um, I give her credit for a lot of teaching. I also give her credit for teaching me to love Snickers bars, because if, if we came to Sunday school with a verse memorized, I'd get a Snickers bar. Now, that goes back to ninth grade. And I mean, I mean, nine years old. But she asked one time, hey, guys, I just have a question for you, all of you, about 10 or so of us in class. Are you going to heaven when you die? sure. I go to church every Sunday. 
My, my grandpa's a preacher. My uncle's a preacher. I haven't missed church hardly in, 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 in my whole life. And I'm here every week. Yeah, I'm going to heaven. And she just looked at me and said, that's not how you get to heaven. And over the next few weeks, she, she told me how you get to heaven. By putting your faith and trust in Jesus. And that's the only way. So it won't be as expected. Don't make the false assumption that you're going just because of who you are or who you're related to or how you grew up or the fact that you sit in the church. The last will be first. The first will be last. And number six, Jesus taught that the kingdom is built on Jesus and his death and resurrection. Don't go to Jerusalem. You can understand their heart. Don't go to Jerusalem, Jesus, because Herod wants to kill you. Jesus' answer shows that he knew exactly what was going to happen when he got to Jerusalem. Tell Herod I'm coming. Jerusalem is the place for the prophets to be killed. I'll be one more. But on the third day, his resurrection, I will reach my goal. Jesus knew he was going to die. He knew he was going to be crucified. He knew he was going to rise on the third day. That's the whole reason Jesus came to earth. So let me remind you who Jesus is. He is the one and the only Son of God. He existed before this universe was created. He was part of God, the Trinity, who created us, who said, let there be light, who made us in his image, who loved us, who watched the human race rebel against him. But instead of destroying us, he willingly and lovingly came as a sacrifice for our sins. He didn't run from Herod or death. He accepted it because he planned it. It was his primary reason for being here. The whole kingdom of God, the only way in, is built on the cross of resurrection of Jesus, and it is for anyone who believes in him and follows him. And so Jesus willingly died on the cross, rose on the third day, and I'm not sure I can even understand it, though I know it's true, and he did it because he loved Jack, and he loved you. And that's how you get into the kingdom, by putting your faith and trust in him and accepting and following him as Lord. And my last point, Jesus wants you to be in his kingdom. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, I've longed to gather you to me. I know you've killed the prophets. I know you're spiritually desolate. I know your sin. I know your pride. But I still want you to come and be part of my kingdom. And Jesus has not changed. He wants me and he wants you to be a part and a citizen of the greatest kingdom, the kingdom of God. You have sinned. I have sinned. You have blown it. I have blown it. You have rebelled. I have rebelled. You have wandered away. I have wandered away. You've done and been stupid. I've done and been stupid. But God loves you. And Jesus died for you. And he wants you to be part of his kingdom. We get teary-eyed and patriotic on national holidays. 
and rightfully so. But you and I have an opportunity to be part of a much greater kingdom. One built around Jesus and one that accepts anyone who believes in him. No walls, no borders, no limitations. Anyone of any background, any ethnicity, any language group, any morality can become part of the kingdom of God by putting their faith and trust in following Jesus. So those are the truths about the kingdom of God. What am I asking from you? How do you respond? Number one, I'm going to ask you to evaluate yourself. Are you part of the kingdom? Do you know and accept and believe that Jesus cares for you? Is your faith real? I mean, a personal thing, not just a family thing, not just a church thing. I mean, I don't want you to, to, to expect to get into heaven by saying, well, my church believes this or my family believes this. What do you believe? And how do you live? Are you being changed? Can you see the work of the Holy Spirit in you? So that there's evidence that you're part of the kingdom. Are you working at it? Are you making every effort? It goes way beyond coming and sitting in a pew and saying amen on occasion. So are you part of the kingdom? And if you're not, I'm not putting you down at all. I'm just inviting you to become part of the kingdom. But you've got to start by admitting, no, I'm not. And I need Jesus, and I need God, and I need forgiveness, and I need eternal life. I need a life worth living here on earth. I need entrance into the kingdom of heaven after I die. I need those things. I want those things. And I'm willing to put my faith and trust in Jesus and follow him. I'm giving you an invitation. And then if you're part of the kingdom, do something to grow the kingdom. Go somewhere and talk to people about Jesus. Love people. And when they wonder why you love them, you're able to tell them, I love you because God loves you and so do I. Let me tell you about God's love. Share your heart. Invite others to, to worship and to faith in Jesus. Pray for others to come to faith in Jesus. One of always has been my frustrations in Baptist churches is that we do an excellent job of praying for those who are physically sick and a horrible job of praying for those who are spiritually sick. So pray for those who need Jesus. Make sure you're part of the kingdom. And if you're part of the kingdom, do something to help it grow. That's what Jesus taught about the kingdom. Thank you for listening to messages from Avondale Baptist Church and Pastor Jack Marslinder. You can find out more about our church at abcaz.net and you can find Pastor Jack's sermons on most podcast apps. Thank you for listening and may God bless you.